Okay, I want to uh, just start by asking you a question. What are you doing here? And I don't mean sort of what are you doing here in this room on Sunday morning. I don't even mean what are you doing here in Oxford at this present time. I mean what are you doing here on earth? Maybe you think that's, that's a bit of a weird question. I, uh, I'm going to choice. Where else could I be? Maybe you think, yeah, I didn't choose to be here. Maybe you think, well, I'm not doing anything. Just doing my best to, to get by, to, to earn a living, to look after my family. Well, I asked a, a similar question a few weeks ago at the uh, evening gathering. And uh, because cause God could have made it so that uh, when we became Christians, we immediately got taken up to heaven. He could have done it like that, couldn't he? But he didn't. Why? Why is it we become Christians and then, then God leaves us here? Have you ever thought about that? Well, uh, one of the amazing things that we've been looking at in the evening gatherings as we've looked through the book of Ephesians is that we've seen that God has got a plan. We've seen uh, God's at work in this world. He's at work uh, restoring all things. He's at work bringing about his purposes we see in Ephesians 1 that even before the world was created, he's got this plan to bring all things together under one head, even Christ. And the absolutely amazing thing is that as he goes about this cosmic work, he invites human beings like you and me to join him in what he's doing. I love the way that uh, Eugene Peterson puts it in the message. He translates... I found, uh, he paraphrases Ephesians 1, 11 to 12 like this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs for us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and everyone. So when we become a Christian, when we're united with Christ, We're not supposed to just sort of uh, sit around and wait for heaven. That's not the deal. When we we join God's family, we join the family business. And we're called to join God in what he's doing. We're called to contribute to it. To be part of something bigger than ourselves. You are here for a purpose. Or in other words, God wants to use you. Now for some of you that might be just an incredible thought. How could God possibly use me? Maybe uh, some of us just spend all our time just trying not to stuff up what God's doing, sort of keep out of his way and let him get on with it and we'll just do our best not to sort of tread on his toes or or mess things up. And the thought of actually contributing positively to what he's doing is just incredible. Or maybe others of us think uh, we realise God wants to use us but we just have no idea how he wants to use us. How does that affect the decisions that I make? How does it affect uh, what job I should do? Or where I should live? Or how I spend my time? Well, these are some of the things that we're going to be looking at in this uh, series that uh, we're going to be looking at in the next few weeks. We're going to be thinking about how does God use people? How does God use me? How does God use you? This week, uh, we're going to be thinking about this particular question. Why did God make you the way he did? Why did God make you the way he did? And Paul answers that question a little bit later 
in the book of Ephesians. If you've got a Bible, turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 2. If not, uh, don't worry, because I'll, I'll put it on the, uh, on the overhead. And we're just going to spend uh, most of our time this morning meditating on this one verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Paul writes this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So what Paul is basically saying there is, you were designed for a purpose. We are God's workmanship with the work of his hands. He created us. Why? Because he prepared good works for us to do. So before he even made you, he had in mind what he wanted you to do. He, had, he knew and he prepared in advance the work that he wanted us to do, the contribution that he wanted us to make. Is that alright? Uh, my, my brother and sister, they're both designers. And uh, there's, there's this principle in design that goes like this. Form follows function. Form follows function. So that means uh, the, the shape or the design of an object is predicated by, by its intended function. So you start off thinking, well, what am I going to use this thing for? And then you design it, you make it in such a way that it can achieve that purpose. And what this, uh, what this verse tells us, this verse in Ephesians tells us that it's exactly the same when God created us. He prepared, prepared certain good works for us to do. A certain contribution that he wanted you to make and then he designed you in such a way as to achieve that purpose. Does that make sense? Each one of you is designed for a purpose. Well, if that's true, uh, then it's really important, isn't it, that we understand what that purpose is. We, we begin to understand something of that purpose. Because uh, if we do, it will help us to, to understand how God wants to use us. It will help us in our everyday life, won't it? It will help us to make decisions. It will help us to, to know how to manage our time and our resources. It will help us to know how to spend our money. It will help us to know what kind of uh, job to go into. It will help us to know when to, when to quit our job and try something else. And it will help us by giving us a sense of meaning and a sense of fulfilment as we have confidence that we're living out the life that God designed us for. So how do we work out that purpose? Well, if, we, if we're designed for the purpose, then uh, a good place to start looking at is the design, is looking at how God made us. And that's the main idea that I want to get across this morning. If, if form follows function, then we can work out something of our intended purpose by looking at the form, by looking at, uh, sorry, by looking at the, the design by looking at how God's made us. That's why I want us to be thinking about that question. Why did God make you the way he did? See, one of the most obvious things about the way that God made you is that you are unique. There is nobody in the world who is just like you. Now, you don't need to go very far to, know that, to see that God loves variety, doesn't he? Every, every tree is different, every uh, animal is different. Every snowflake is different and every human being in the world is different. 
In fact, that's one of the things that Paul's trying to get across in this verse when he uses this word workmanship. He really wants to emphasize the fact that each one of us is special, is unique. The, the word there in, in the Greek is poema. It's a word that's used to describe a, a work of art. It's the same word we get the word poem from. God is saying, you are a work of art. The New Living Translation puts it like this. You are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. You are not an accident. You are a masterpiece shaped by God's own hands. A unique piece of divine art. And that unique shaping is done at the most detailed and the most intimate level. We saw that, didn't we, as uh, Paul read out from Psalm 139. Did you notice uh, in that psalm, so all the things that God did for you before you were even born. He formed you. He made you. He saw you. He shaped you. He put you together. He planned every one of your days before any of them came to pass. You are not an accident. God shows every detail of your life. Like an original painting, an original sculpture. You're one of a kind. There's no one else in the world who's just like you. You are custom made, custom made for a specific purpose. Claire and I uh, had our 20-week ultrasound scan on Thursday and it was just incredible looking at the screen uh, at this, this little baby and, and thinking, reflecting on some of these verses. It's incredible to think that, uh, that even before this, this person is born, even before, uh, yeah, even before he comes into this world, he's got God's fingerprints all over him. Or her. We didn't, we didn't find out. But he's got, already got God's fingerprints all over him. We weren't looking at someone on this screen uh, that, that maybe one day God might get involved with. We were looking at someone that God was already intimately involved with. Already God uh, had got a plan for this person, a, a contribution he wanted him to make. Thanks, Peter. Right, I can't move about as much now. Yeah, but as we looked at the screen, as we looked at this, this unborn baby, just reflecting on some of these verses that God had already got a plan for him and it was already shaping him, designing him, custom making him, to achieve that purpose. And similarly, God's designed you for a purpose. He's designed you for a unique contribution that only you can make. And so, if we want to discover these good works that God's prepared for us to do, then we need to look at the masterpiece that God's made us to be. So what is it, then, that makes you unique? I want to spend a little bit of time just thinking briefly uh, about the ways in which God makes us different. Firstly, he's given us all different gifts and abilities, hasn't he? Some of these are just natural abilities, things that we're born with, things that we just, we just seem to be good at. Some people are good at sport. Some people are uh, good with numbers. Some people are very academic. Other people are, are, are more practical. God's given us all different natural abilities. But also if you're a Christian, then he's, he's given us uh, spiritual gifts as well. 
And these are not just given to sort of super Christians or special people. But he gives them to all Christians for the benefit of the church. And each person's gift is different. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, each of you has his own gift from God. One has this gift, another person has that gift. So God's given you this unique set of abilities and gifts and he wants to, to use them for your intended purpose. He doesn't just give us a job and not give us the means to achieve it, but he equips us and resources us for the purpose he has. Secondly, God's given us all different passions. Each of us uh, gets excited by different things. Each of us uh, are driven by different things. Some people are passionate about music. Some people are passionate about teaching. Other people have a heart for helping the poor. Others have a heart for helping the sick. Some people are driven by a concern for justice. God gives us all sorts of different passions. And, and, and they, what, what they do is they serve as clues for how God wants to use us. For example, anyone that knows Claire knows that she is just passionate about children. She just loves kids. And so when, because of that, when she's serving in junior church, it just gives her the most amazing sense of fulfilment and satisfaction. She said to me the other day, I've never been involved in a ministry that, that makes me feel more alive. You see, when she's working with children, she can, she can honestly say, this is what God made me for. So we all have different passions. Thirdly, God's given us all different personalities. So some of us are extroverts, some of us are introverts, some love routine, some like variety, uh, some are touchy-feely, some are more rational, logical. Every one of us is different. We relate to people differently. We perceive the world differently. We approach decision-making differently. God's wired you in a specific way and that will affect the way that he'll use you. It'll affect the way that we use our gifts and our abilities. So, for example, someone might be uh, gifted in teaching the Bible, but uh, their personality might be such that they're not the kind of person who can stand up in front of a crowd and preach a sermon. So that's why you don't see me appear very often. Because of the way that God's wired me, I'm just much better at doing that sort of teaching in a small group, a one-to-one, rather than preaching a sermon. Finally, God's given us all a different set of experiences. None of us have gone through the same experiences as anyone else. And God uses all of these experiences, good ones and bad ones, to shape us, to mould us. Our unique experience allows us to make a unique contribution. Now with bad experiences, that can sometimes be difficult to see. But it's true that, that even more than good experiences, bad experiences often shape us, teach us, change us, and prepare us to be useful for God. And also they put you in a position where you're able to help and make a difference in the lives of others who are going through similar things. And no one else has got this same mix of gifts and abilities, passions, personality and experience as you. You are absolutely unique. And God doesn't waste anything. He gives you these things because he intends for you to use them. You can do something in a fashion that no one else can do 
No one else is going to be able to make that contribution. It's your contribution. God designed you to do it. If you don't make it, then it just it won't get made. No one else is going to be able to make it for you. Only you can be you. You are the only shot we've got at you. Well, I want to just uh, draw three implications from this for us to take away this morning. Firstly, you need to accept who you are. Accept who you are. This verse from Ephesians 2.10 and also what we were reading in Psalm 139 tells us that God knew what he was doing when he made you. God knew what he was doing when he made you. Now that can seem obvious at first, can't it? Of course God knew what he was doing. He's God. But actually so often our, our attitudes and our actions and our thoughts and what we say tell us something else. Maybe some of you think, well, God couldn't possibly use me. Perhaps we give excuses like, uh, if only I was better at this, or if I was better at that, or if I wasn't so rubbish at that, if only I was more intelligent, if only I was taller, if only I was thinner, if only I was better looking, if only I was uh, more like him or more like her. But whenever we say something like that, basically what we're saying is, is God, you messed up. When it, when it came to making me, you blew it. Essentially we're saying we know better than God. God, you should have made a difference. You should have given me different abilities. You should have given me different strengths, different weaknesses. We're like the people that Paul describes in Romans 9. Who are you, O oh man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, Why did you make me this way? And Paul goes on to show how stupid that is. He says it's like a pot, talking to a potter, saying, complaining about the way that he's been made. What does a pot know? Paul says the potter knows what he's going to use the pot for and makes it accordingly. So what does that mean for us? It doesn't mean that we can be anything that we want to be. Think about it. If you're uniquely made, can you be anything you want to be? Well, I don't think so. If you're torn deaf, can you be a musician? If you're rubbish with numbers, can you be an accountant? Or you can be a bad one. You can be a, you can be a frustrated one. You can be an unsatisfied one. So can you be anything you want? No. But you can be everything that God wants you to be. And that begins by by accepting who you are, recognising your uniqueness. If you're here, then it means that, that God's saying, you've got something that you can contribute, that the day Frenchard can, can't contribute, that no one else can contribute. Only you can be you. God knew what he was doing when he made you. Secondly, second implication, don't try to be someone else. Often our problem with accepting ourselves is that so often we're just comparing ourselves with the other people around us. Instead of celebrating the, the way that God's made us, we're constantly trying to reshape ourselves to be like someone else. We think stuff like, oh, I wish I was more like him, I wish I was more like her, I wish I had his intelligence or her skill. We get jealous of other people's talents and their gifts and, and, and we want them too. If only I could preach like that person. If only I was as good with people as that person. 
or we admire someone else and we, we just try and be like them, we copy them. We, we think we need to use our gifts and abilities in the same way, in the same style as them. We're constantly comparing ourselves with other people and just trying to be someone else. We start off as unique and we do our best to become clones. How stupid is that? But this uh, verse in, in, in Ephesians reminds us that, that if we design, we design for a unique purpose. That means the problem we're trying to be someone else is someone's already doing that job. God's got that one covered. Basically, if you are not going to be you, then we don't need you here on earth. God wants us to be ourselves and to make the unique contribution that only you can make. So we need to accept ourselves, we need to stop trying to be someone else, and thirdly, we need to understand how God has made you. So, as I said, form follows function, and so we can understand something, of, uh, if we can understand something of the way that God's designed us, then we can understand better the purpose he has for us. It'll help us to understand our purpose here on earth, We'll be able to answer that question I asked at the beginning, why are you here? So I'm going to encourage you to do this. In fact, one of my jobs and one of Peter's jobs and Richard's jobs as, as pastors is to help you to do this. To help you to discover God's will for you. To help you to live the life that you were designed for. So let me encourage you to think about those things that we've talked about. Ask yourself these questions. What, what are your abilities? What's God made you good at? What spiritual gifts has he given you? What uh, things has he given you a passion for? What kind of personality has he given you? How has he used your experiences to shape you and equip you? And hopefully you will spend some time this week in your home groups uh, thinking through those things. I've uh, put together some questions so you can do that. Because I think if if we don't think seriously about these things, then the danger is we'll end up doing things that we were never intended to do. Have you ever uh, used something for a purpose it wasn't designed for? Uh, I, uh, one of my students was doing this all the time, just because you've got to get by with, with what you've got. I remember uh, one house that lived in, in Birmingham, we never had enough mugs in the house. Uh, well, we did have enough mugs, but we were a lad's house, and we, we couldn't be bothered washing them up. So we'd do anything to avoid washing up a mug. And I remember once sitting down for a cup of tea with my housemates. One of them was drinking out of a jam jar, one was drinking out of a saucepan, and I was drinking out of one of those balls put in the washing machine with dirt at the end. <laughs> one of the gifts we, uh, we got on our wedding list was uh, this knife block with a, with a set of knives, and still got them, they're really good knives. Except that one of the knives, the tip of it is a bit twisted and bent. And uh, this is confession time, because I don't think Claire knows this. But, but the reason that tip is twisted and bent is because one of the things we should have put on our wedding list, and we didn't, was a screwdriver set. Now I'm sure I'm not the only person that has done that. Has anyone else used a, a knife with a screwdriver? Yeah. That's an example of, of using something for a purpose it wasn't designed for. What about using a, a shoe as a hammer? Yeah? Newspaper as toilet roll? Yeah? No, I draw the line there. Anyway, the thing about using something 
for a purpose it wasn't designed for is, is that it usually doesn't work that well. And often it, it, it doesn't do the thing you use in a lot of good. Similarly, if we uh, end up doing stuff that we just weren't designed for, then the results are going to be limited. We're going to be frustrated, and other people around us are going to be frustrated. And it's a waste of your God-given talents, time and energy. But we are God's masterpiece, all right. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You were designed for a purpose. God's at work in the world. He's restoring all things to himself. And if you're a Christian and he invites you to join him in what he's doing, he's designed you to make a contribution in that work. So the Christian life, it's not just about sitting around uh, waiting for heaven, just doing our best to get by and looking forward to, to the payoff later. It's not a spectator sport. We're called to get out of the stands, get in the game. You're here to make a difference by, by playing the unique part that God designed you to make.